0: Time now for the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. And now, here she is, the smart, the sexy, the savvy, Divine Miss C.
1: Welcome to the show. I always like to start my shows out with startling outrageous facts. I'm gonna give you two today. The first one has to do with child hunger. Did you know that one in five children received food stamps in 2014? And only nine million did in 2007. So what does that make you think about the state of the economy? Still not so good. The other startling statistic is for your health. Drinking 12 ounces of soda a day ups your risk of dying of heart disease by one third. I guess I gotta stop drinking my one can of Coke a day. Those are some startling statistics. Well, I want to talk about something else that's startling, and I have with me on the line, Dr. Marlene Siegel, and she's a veterinarian. Welcome, Marlene. A couple of months ago, there was a veterinarian in Texas, and she was fired from her veterinary, the veterinary practice that she worked at, because a Facebook photo went viral, and it showed her With her first bow and arrow kill, she killed a local cat. And that photo went viral. When she, her mother actually took the photo, and this lady's name is Dr. Kristen Lindsay, and she bragged online that she killed a feral cat in her neighborhood, which wasn't feral, it was a pet cat. And she posted the photo showing her holding up the dead cat with the bow protruding from its head. What are your first thoughts on something like that, Marlene?
2: Polling displays from anybody let alone from a veterinarian
1: now let me tell you one of the things that she posted on her Facebook page she and she actually wrote this it said my first bow kill laughing out loud the only good feral tomcat is one with an arrow through its head vet of the year award gladly accepted that angers me Marlene I'm, I know you're a veterinarian you love animals I'm, a, I'm a, an animal advocate I love animals and unfortunately, nowadays, it's not uncommon. And, you know, I sit here and I think to myself, how stupid are people if you are going to do something like that and you, you're you bragging about it and it's on your Facebook page? Well, tell me, what happens when people post stuff like that on their Facebook page?
2: Well, obviously, the stupidity, it's bad enough that you do something bad, but then to post it in a forum like that is just incomprehensible. I, I don't know how somebody even goes there. And yet the... Bad judgment, bad character, no doubt about it, she does not reflect the type of individual that veterinarians in a whole represent.
1: All right, well, tell me, find, tell me about that.
2: Well, veterinarians as a whole are some of the most compassionate, loving, giving individuals. I don't know a veterinarian in my personal realm that doesn't give far and above more than what they receive in the way of time and education and services and gifting and community involvement. It's actually in our code of ethics to involve ourselves in the community, not just to have a business, not just to provide services, but it's actually in our code of ethics to be a part of our community and contribute in a positive manner to our communities.
1: Yeah, and it's sad because she's just one example of hundreds, if not thousands of people that do this. And you know, when I'm on Facebook at night, and I, I'm an insomniac. I can't sleep, and I scroll through Facebook, and I see all you know all of these um, these groups, like the National Examiner, which covers pets or anti-animal abuse. You know, and and there are so many people that do this. What's wrong with our society?
2: Oh, well, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, it uh, is. We we need to get down to reconnecting with our internal guidance system, let alone connecting back to our Earth and. Uh, personally, if you want to get my biggest, I would remove television. I would remove yeah. the news. I would remove the all these movies that promote violence and bad stuff. Like, why do we even have to have that in our consciousness? And I know I'm a little extremist on that, but I don't own a television. I haven't owned a television for over 15 years. And I have not missed out on anything positive at all. But when we start... Putting all this negative energy into our minds, it becomes what we focus on. And when we focus on negative things, we start seeing more negativity as a result of what we're focusing on. And what I would love to do is to create an entirely different shift in the world. One where we focus on things that are positive and good, and we focus on the things that people are doing good in the world, and we make that our priority, and then we minimize... Not that we're ignoring it, but we just don't put our full attention on the things that are negative, especially if we can't do anything about it. What we can do about it is we can change our energy, our focus, the way we present ourselves out into the world. And we can inspire more positive things through our actions.
1: And that's such an unbelievably good analysis because I don't know if you're aware, Marlene, I rarely watch TV. Uh, TV to me is stupid people. Things to watch, you know. Nowadays, there's nothing really worth watching on TV. The new, the news is all slanted, and then when they pick up a story, they beat it to death for you know hours, days, maybe a few weeks, and then you tend not to hear whatever happened down the road with that. But it's all negative, and you know I used to say there should be the happy news. I'd love to turn on the TV and see the happy news for one hour and go, wow. You know let me hear some positive things not just the negative because you're right that gets ingrained in what people listen they come home and they expect to hear more bad news but I, yeah, I, I, and, yeah
2: and you become desensitized to it also I remember when my kids were little they would watch very briefly they had the cartoons and as I'm watching these cartoons I'm realizing they are so violent they have different cartoon characters are bashing each other on the head and yeah it's a cartoon but What kind of a perception is that leaving for a young child who is seeing that day in and day out? So the sensitivity to right and wrong and the sensitivity that you can hurt somebody and they don't just bounce back on the next episode. So I think it really says a lot about what we need to do as a society, as a culture, to start creating a different focus on what we put our values on. Uh, I know friends of mine think it's just entertainment when they go watch a movie that has a lot of violence in it. Well... It's not just entertainment. It's actually putting subliminal messages into your brain. It's programming you. So I would love to see more and more people follow the example of inspiring stories. I know when I post stuff on my YouTube and I post stuff on Facebook and I do my social media, it's all about positive things. I love TED Talk because it's all about positive things
1: right it's you know people are trying to make a change that's what sort of the purpose of of having a radio show is to make a change and let people think something good and not always something bad we might discuss something bad but we want to see what's good you know that's going to come out of it now when i yeah and when i when i talk about this this uh dr Kristen Lindsay lady you know she wasn't aware that she was going to be fired and after that photo went viral what she actually posted on Facebook said, no, I did not lose my job, laughing out loud. Like someone would get rid of me, I'm awesome. And that tells me there's something mentally wrong with that person, um, not just as a veterinarian. There's something wrong with her way of thinking. And the fact that her mother backed her up and actually posted those photos like it was okay says to me, wow, exactly what you're saying, Marlene, is Right. People are watching all these shows or, or these movies and then they're seeing all the negative. It's negative and it becomes more acceptable because you're desensitized to it and you accept it as normal, but the truth is it's not normal, right?
2: Not normal at all. And we've lost compassion and we've lost empathy and we've lost the feeling of caring not only for others but for ourselves. You look at the things that people do that are self-sabotaging their own health. And you got to ask yourself if you know that... I'm going to pick on you a little bit, Lori, because I love you so much. Okay, that's fine. You can pick on me. If you know that soda's bad for you, really, why are you picking that up? That is a form of self-sabotage. And because we live in a society where even things like that we don't perceive, when you're drinking it, nothing is physically happening to you. But if every time you took that soda, a brick fell on your head, Mm you would very quickly stop drinking that soda, correct?
3: You're
1: right, and, and I'll admit, I used to drink a lot of soda. Now maybe I have one or two Cokes maybe a week. It's hard to just totally quit. It's, it's almost like a treat for me, yet I know it's bad for myself, but it's hard to stop doing something you've done for a long time.
2: And I'm glad you said that because that really speaks to the issue of habits. And when we allow things to become a habit, it becomes a thought. And really, a belief system is just a thought that you keep having. So if you believe that something is going to be difficult to stop, then, of course, you're going to have a difficult time stopping. But if you believe that you have the control and you believe that you could do something different, then you will have that outcome as well. So really, it boils down to what is your belief system? Is it one that you're empowered or is it one that somebody else has control over you? Because right. truly, nobody is standing over you making you do anything negative to your body. It, that is a conscious choice. Right. And when each one of us takes that responsibility and we say, okay, who is responsible for my actions? Right? No, one, no one forced her to do that. If she were to step up to the plate and say, you know what, I took an action, whether she thinks it's right or wrong, take the responsibility and say, yes, I did this. Now, in hindsight, maybe it was the wrong choice. Then at least she would be showing some remorse. That's and a I keyword. think that's what I think that's what most people are more enraged about is that she doesn't show remorse. She doesn't show compassion for the life of another creature.
1: Right, and and I agree with you. And you know, I want to mention here before before we go, and I want to thank you for for coming on with me. Um, there, right now, she has not yet been criminally charged. So we're waiting to find out if she's going to be criminally charged or not. Um, there is actually a Justice for Tiger Facebook page, and what they're doing is they're promoting, pe- uh, you know, basically peaceful uh, protests, so to speak, at the courthouse. So we're waiting to hear, and we're going to keep our listeners apprised of what happens. So thanks again, Marlene, for joining me, and I'll have you back again soon.
2: Thanks, Lori. <laughs>
4: Our highly competitive and hectic world is fraught with dishonesty and challenges. Critical decisions must be made on a daily basis with accuracy when substantial assets are at risk. When you are confronted with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Sharpline Investigations, statewide experts in due diligence investigations and litigation support. SharpLine's professionals work with clients to conduct interviews, deep background investigations, and develop facts and intelligence related to the litigation. When circumstances require confidential and expert fact-finding, turn to SharpLine Investigations, the statewide leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit sharplineinvestigations.com or call 855-394-0042.
3: Are your credit reports a mess? Are debt collectors hounding you? Maybe you're in foreclosure or headed towards foreclosure and don't know where to turn. It's time to stop panicking. Take back control of your life. Make the first step by calling Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500. 500-6064. Mention the word radio for a free 15-minute consultation. Don't delay. Call
5: today. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call Low Cost Airlines. Their prices are direct from the airlines, and they're so low you can't find these fares published anywhere. They specialize in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rental rates, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, they can help you get there cheaply and with a best price guarantee. If you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. So don't wait. Call right now for the lowest travel prices anywhere and for great last-minute travel deals, too. Call right now. 800-648-9175. 800-648-9175. 800-648-9175. 800-648-9175. That's 800-648-9175. Do you suffer from back, neck, or body pain? Do you suffer from
4: migraines or have jaw or face pain? Has conventional medicine failed you? Were you injured or in an accident? Call chiropractic physician Dr. Dan Maddock at 813-935-1664. Dr. Dan has helped thousands of patients gain relief for more than 30 years. Dr. Dan is caring, gentle, and takes his time with each patient. He's also a past president of the International Craniopathic Society a special certification of only 300 chiropractors worldwide. Dr. Dan helps patients from the neck up and the neck down. Dr. Dan accepts most insurance plans. Don't continue to live in pain. Call 813-935-1664 today. That's 813-935-1664. And get on track to better health.
1: What you don't know about me is that a couple of years ago, I used to have a retail store. And one of the things that I was shocked to find out were were the big differences between companies as far as the purchase price of equipment and the percentage they charge the stores per transaction when you wanted to accept charge cards. That's one thing that I don't know a lot about. I did a lot of investigation into everything I needed to start a business. um, But we did it so quickly at that time that I kind of got stuck with the first thing that I did and I kind of lost out on that deal. So I met a fella named James Carner, and he's with me now, he's from Central Payment. And when I find a good company that does the right thing, I wanna share that information with the listeners. So it's not only helpful if you own an existing business, but it's also helpful if you're thinking about opening a business. James, I wanna talk to you, what is Central Payment? Central Payment
6: is a a full service uh, credit card processing company with equipment as well. Uh, We provide a wide range of, uh, a wide variety of services uh, to meet your needs, Um, ranging from online businesses to the on the go uh, business uh, stores, shall we say. Uh, the the mobile the mobile person mobile apps
1: the people who have the the ipads or the phones when you see them swipe and things like that that, that you is know? correct Cause, cause the I'm wave al- of the
6: future <laughs> yeah because I'm
1: older and I think you know you go into a store and there's the credit card you know you swipe the card but nowadays it can be done on anything mobile correct
6: just about anything
1: all right. Now, what kind of services and platforms do you have available? We have a
6: wide, uh, wide variety. Uh, we start with what's called e-commerce. Uh, the person that is looking for to take online payments—you have a website, it's just being developed. We're able to provide that platform for you. Uh, wide ranging from recurring charges to just the one, one-hit wonder that's made that wants to uh, make a payment and purchase that product uh, to everything in between for uh, retailers. Uh, we provide solutions and equipment for uh, uh, restaurants, bars. Uh, they're called POS system, point, point of sale. Uh, we also provide the storefront, the regular ones that you'd see in a uh, convenience store, the regular swipe with a keypad for okay. your pin number, so on and so forth, ranging all the way down to the uh, the mobile app that we just discussed.
1: All right, now I want to ask you how, you how you are different from your, your competition because one of the things I found when I opened the store was it was, I think – this is a few years ago, $500 for the equipment, you know, and and I kind of went into shock as I hadn't allocated that in my budget. So how do you guys differ?
6: Well, merchants are uh, what you would call subcontractors, agents. And what I have found with my competitors that uh, they charge upfront fees for equipment, uh, application fees, uh, you name it. (laughs) What I have found since I've been an agent with Central Payment for three years now is that... I'm giving back to the community the business owners I'm not out to yeah I'm obviously in business to make money don't get me wrong Um, but what I have found is I work on volume I'm able to go anywhere in the country I have clients up in the Northeast down to Louisiana here in Florida as well in the Tampa area and what I have found in building relationships and long-lasting customers is I, I don't charge for the equipment I do not charge for application fees, I want to earn your business. I pride myself on what differentiates me from my competitors is my customer service. Uh, My clients do stay with me, don't take my word for it, ask my clients, feel free. Um, And what I also do is I give you the lowest possible rates with the newest and latest greatest technology that's out there today to cover the business owner and provide that 24-7 customer service uh, um, that, that I provide.
1: Okay, now you mentioned in customer service. That, to me, is more important sometimes than the price because people don't compare. You, and In your business, you might not be able to compare apples to apples. It might be apples to oranges. But for the person that's setting it up, they have to understand what the difference is because people always go for the cheapest price. And it, if it's not the best customer service, hey, I'd rather pay more and know that I have someone on my side like you Say hey, I can help you when there's a problem versus paying the cheapest, and then you know what happens. You're not going to get the customer service, right?
6: That's correct. Uh, and, and merchants uh, rep, reps or reps out there do get a bad name. A lot of them are, are fly by nights. They come and go. Um, a lot of these reps that are out there just sell you and leave. I am not that. I am not that person. What differentiates me is where I am able to. I always answer my phone, customer service is the name of my game, that's what differentiates me from my competitors. I am able to provide solutions, I educate the client, I do an apples to apples comparison to show you what you're presently paying, what you could be paying, I explain in detail what interchange is, is, uh, what check card rates. Uh, what are the transaction fees? So on and so forth. I break it down into simplistic form for them. I explain PCI compliance. I explain the EMV technology that's out there. All of these different types of uh, um, um, terms. S- terms, terms, terms that, that that they're looking at, and, and they're like it, it's like gibberish to them. So I break it down into layman's terms for them.
1: And, and I think that's the most important thing because if you if you talk in your industry jargon, a, a regular person isn't going to understand that. So I think that's no. a key thing. Now you mentioned EMV technology. So can you explain to me what that is?
6: EMV technology, it's a new fraud protection. It's called Euro MasterCard Visa. It was uh, started out in Europe about five years ago. It's finally been implemented here in the United States. So it was uh, passed by act of Congress It was passed by Congress about a year and a half ago. It will be in full stride coming this October. Now, what that means to the business owners out there is their equipment could be outdated. It's with these new credit cards with the computer chip on the front of it where it will take away and eliminate the, the magnetic strip on the back. And that's for fraud protection. It's for all these hackers, so on and so forth. And a lot of, a lot of these business owners aren't uh, up to speed with the new technology that's coming out there. So what will happen is, let's say I have a brand new credit card, EMV Technology, I go in and I, I go to the nearest store and I want to purchase a product guess what it doesn't the machine doesn't take my credit card well guess what you're turning away that business now obviously I I'm out to help you grow your business educate and inform the, the consumers that are out there
1: Right, and I'll just tell you, I'm a victim of identity theft. I had my purse stolen a few years ago. I do have one, and so it's it's been ongoing for five years, you know. But I think it's important that they're changing it because I know the magnetic stripes that can be easily compromised, whereas with the new chip, it can't. But it it makes it harder. It don't
6: get me wrong. It, yeah, it, it makes can it be anything can be broken. It, 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 you know how that uh, that, that game goes. However, it just makes it much more tougher for these people to get into with that.
1: All right. So you talked a little bit about how it impacts business owners, but what does PCI compliant mean? PCI
6: compliance is um, uh, payment card. It's the payment card industry. Well, what that is, is each of these business owners must be protected. Uh, Let me try to break it down. I'll put it in layman's terms for you. Okay. A business owner, say you're not compliant with my credit, with my company, Central Payment you're charged roughly anywhere from 40 to $80 a month for not being compliant. What that means is fraud protection. Now, it, it's as simple as the business owner doing a, a 41 question survey to be compliant once a year. And what that is, let's say I stole my mother's credit card and I called you up and I wanted to purchase a product and you took that information over the phone. Well, guess what? I'm the mother, hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> my yeah, son gets, stole the
1: card. It gets well, kicked back, right, so.
6: And you are not PCI compliant, you are liable to take I care I gotcha. Of that. Whereas the onus would be if you if you were PCI compliant, you would be the onus would be back on my company to take care of that.
1: I see. That's I think that's very important. Now, what kind of loyalty programs do you offer, if any?
6: Oh, we offer a wide range of gift card programs, loyalty programs. Um, we offer uh, My Central, uh, or excuse me, My Store Central Dashboard uh, Genius Pay Hub is a speedy business for the online business owner. We have a spot-on turn customer emails into revenue programs where it throws out, uh, generates a, um, a flyer blitz for them, so on and so forth.
1: All right, that sounds pretty good. And What about gift card programs? Anything like that?
6: Yes, we offer the gift card programs for, for the small to medium, tier one, tier, excuse me, tier two, tier three markets. Uh, basically that would be like your credit card, uh, gift card programs. Look in my like my wallet right now. I have probably a half a dozen different gift cards to different wide variety of stores. It's a w- another way to generate revenue for that for that uh, business owner. And uh, we offer that program as well. Of, I believe it's the first twenty five cards to get you up and put your own logo on the card, the credit card, okay. so to speak. Um, and after that, I think it's like four cents per card.
1: That's really reasonable. So you get yeah. your message out there on the credit card.
6: That is correct.
1: Oh my gosh, that, I had never even heard of that. Give me an example of a nightmare story or maybe a nightmare to success story. You know, give me a difficult thing that you've heard. (laughs) Mm, I I have somebody to choose. Oh, no. (laughs)
6: All right. uh, Just to give you an example of a nightmare story for I feel bad for this client. He's stuck in a contract. There's leasing terms for equipment for equipment that I provide free. This gentleman just opened up a vape store down on Bruce B. Downs in Tampa Bay. It's called, um, I don't know, should I say it? You don't name? even have to say it. I yeah. won't even probably say, not. Yeah, I, I won't even say the name just just in case. He signed up with a bank. They got him on a what's called a lease lease uh, term agreement for a regular VX520 uh, Verifone, the regular swipe uh, machines that you see in a convenience store. Okay. This gentleman got locked into a three-year term, unbreakable term. He's paying $385 a month for a machine that I give away for free. Oh my gosh. And that equated to about $15,000 for those three years that he's paying out. And this is a brand new business that's just starting up. For somebody that's just starting a business, can you afford $15,000 just to throw out the window?
1: No, but that's that's where, you know, I talk that's about... That's where
6: the education comes in.
1: Right, the education and the, the due diligence on the part of, of the person, the business person, to, to look yep. around and do that. So, I mean, I think what you're offering is fantastic. I think it's it's different than what everybody else does. And now, you know, I've, we've met a couple times, and I know that you actually do what you say. That's important. So can you... I want to thank you first for being on being on the show, but oh, can great. you give out your contact information in case someone wants to call?
6: If any, I'm able to go anywhere in the country. My name is James Carner with Central Payment. And my direct contact information is 813-777-4332. That's James Carner at 813-777-4332. Check us out on uh, social media, on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. Again, that's James Carner, 813-777-4332. Thank you
1: very much. Great. Thanks for joining me, James. And we'll be back after a short break. Thank you so much.
3: Are your credit reports a mess? Are debt collectors hounding you? Maybe you're in foreclosure or headed towards foreclosure and don't know where to turn. It's time to stop panicking. Take back control of your life. Make the first step by calling Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500. 500 6064. Mention the word radio for a free 15 minute consultation. Don't delay. Call today.
4: Our highly competitive and hectic world is fraught with dishonesty and challenges. Critical decisions must be made on a daily basis with accuracy when substantial assets are at risk. When you are confronted with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Sharpline Investigations, statewide experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Sharpline's professionals work with clients to conduct interviews, deep background investigations, and develop. Of facts and intelligence related to the litigation. When circumstances require confidential and expert finding, turn to Sharpline Investigations, the statewide leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit SharplineInvestigations.com or call
0: 855-394-0042. Hi, this is John Austin, host of the book club on the Tantalk Radio Network. I spent 35 years in publishing and today I want to tell you about a book that can change people's lives. The book is No Cash, No Problem and the author is Dave Wagonford with Ali Pervez. Dave Wagonford is one of the greatest barter experts in the world and he's bartered over $500 million worth of goods and services. You want to remodel your house but the cost is just too high or maybe there's an automobile that you've dreamed of owning but thought you never could afford. This book will tell you how you can do both of those things, plus hundreds more with little or no cash, and without going into hock for the rest of your life. Maybe you're a business owner with a cash flow problem that leads to low or non-existent profits. Read this book and see how you can increase your cash flow and your profits by time-proven techniques. The book, again, is No Cash, No Problem, and you can buy it now on Amazon for just $7.98 for the ebook edition. Do yourself a big favor and buy it today.
1: Welcome back to the world of Lori Zook. I have a very special treat for all you listeners today. I have Sean Hopper with me. Sean Hopper, I'm looking at him here in the studio. He's a famous musician. You may not have heard of him yet, but if you haven't, you will. And he has a great website. It's SeanHopper, S-H-A-U-N, Hopper.com. Welcome, Sean, to the show. How's it going, Lori? It's going good. I wanted you to share a little bit about yourself. What got you into music? What made you want to play guitar?
7: Well, basically, I was. Uh, I'm from South Georgia. I'm from a small town called Adel, just uh, just south or, I'm sorry, north of uh, Valdosta. It's the closest big city we have in South mm-hmm. Georgia. Um, and I was hanging out in the game room one night and saw a dude come in with long hair and he had an acoustic guitar. And I was I was just amazed at the sound that came out of it. And it was very natural, very raw, and um, I saw the way people responded to it. And I just found it to be very entertaining and. Thought, I was like, you know, that's something I'd like to try and pursue. I needed some sort of direction. So I started talking to this dude, and he let me borrow his guitar for a little while. I had no idea how to play it. And I was making, like, you know, horrible sounds on (laughs) it, what I was doing. And he showed me a couple chords, a couple notes, bass lines here and there. So I'd learned a couple Nirvana tunes. And just went from there. And uh, that was kind of the the birth of it, of of my love for uh, the instrument, for the acoustic guitar. And and it just went on from there it just you know started latching onto to other styles meeting other guitar players and uh yeah just more and more inspiration from that moment i just kind of like a sponge i just soak everything up and so that's where it started probably around like 10 11 years old hanging out you know hanging out in the game room wearing a baseball uniform pretty much
1: wow now so you've been playing for how many years oh uh, gosh 19 now Okay, and you've also studied with some famous people, and you've played with a lot of famous people, right? Well, yeah, um,
7: yeah fame and all that stuff subjective, but, yeah, I mean, people would call them, I guess you could say famous, like B.B. King and Stevie Wonder and uh, Tim Reynolds from the Dave Matthews Band. I'm always real careful with, with mentioning names because you never want to come across as like your name dropping. At the same time, uh, it does have some value to it, I suppose, when you pe- take people like that, that, uh, that if you get their attention... I guess that does speak to some degree of your caliber of musicianship or craft or talent if they actually take the time to listen to you. So, you know, it, very thankful for all those opportunities to get to, to do that. You know, to share the stage with BB King, to play, you know, when Stevie Wonder is close by and for him to stop and come over and hang out and, and, and want to talk to me and all that good stuff. And then Tim Reynolds from the Dave Matthews Band, he's one of the most underrated guitar players out there. The guy is absolutely absurdly talented and you know to get to hang with him and play shows with him it's just you know really really cool and it's really just to see how normal these guys are <clears throat> to see the hyperbole that comes behind all of it but then when you see th- that when you hang out with them <clears throat> they're just like us they're just they're people yeah
1: you know? and you once you once told me a story about stevie wonder walking pe- walking past you and he stopped and what did he say
7: oh he, I, he stopped and listened to me and, uh I, when i got off the stage and uh I was talking to him for a minute, and he was like, he thought it was more than one person playing the guitar. I thought that was really, it it was kind of flattering to me because I'm one guitar player making the guitar sound like three and four guitar parts at the same time. And when he said that, I thought that was pretty cool. He was like, "Oh man, you guys sound great." And I was like, "What?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just you. It's just you playing because you play multiple parts at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, who who influenced influenced you? Oh, in, because you have your own style, but you were influenced
7: by a few people, right? Absolutely. Every there's really nothing new under the sun. There's everybody is is taking influence from something. And uh, this particular style, I guess you could say, it started with uh, Chet Atkins and Merle Travis, the finger style playing the idea of playing bass and melody and chords and rhythms all at the same time and uh, and then around 1980 1981 an album came out by a guitar player named Michael Hedges and it was called breakfast in the field and it was a completely different spin on this style of this finger style guitar playing whereas the Chet Atkins stuff was really cool and everybody loved it and that was like the norm when it came to like guitar mastery, that and then classical guitar, of course, like Andre Segovia. Uh, when Michael Hedges came out, nobody had heard a guitar sound like that. It was this really interesting percussive style. You couldn't really make out what it was. It was he was making the guitar sound like a new instrument, uh, a whole new sound, and so that really uh, started to shape this particular style of guitar playing in a new direction. And it's only you know went up since then. Michael Hedges he Michael Hedges passed in '98, and so many other guitar players have taken that uh, that torch and they're trying to take it to another level so it's it's an interesting style and people hear it and go oh that's cool it sounds cool to them whatever but then when they see you playing it it's the the visual attached to the audio element makes it even more incredible you know you're seeing someone's hands do all these parts and it's at least that's the feeling I got the first time I heard Sam Passetti a guitar player from St. Augustine. Uh, when I watched him, I heard him play, and then I saw him play. And it's two different experiences. Watching his hands move the way they were and create all these parts at the same time was just baffling. So, and it's inspiring, too. It can be intimidating, or it can be inspiring, but that's up to you to choose if you want to jump into that style of music. And it's going to take a lot of work, but uh, being around all those people that play that way is definitely uh, it's motivating.
1: And it's interesting because I remember a few years back seeing you do the percussive finger slapping technique. I'd never seen that before, and mm-hmm. I remember back then thinking, "Wow, he's fantastic." And now it's a few years later, mm-hmm. and you know, I would sit here and go, "How could you get any better?" But you seem to always get better each time that I hear you. So, would you play one of those finger slapping songs for us? Absolutely, and tell uh, us what it's called.
7: Well, I'll do a, I'll do one that everybody will probably recognize first. Okay, a tune called "Come Together" by uh, the Beatles. Get it in tune here. Um, so, yeah, there's a guitar player named Michael Chapdelaine. I believe he lives in New Mexico. And he came up with this particular idea. And uh, I took it and learned it. And I kind of put my spin on it. But basically, what's going to happen here is I'll play a bass line, a drum part, tom toms, bass, bass line here. And melody and what you do is you put all those parts together and so everything you're going to hear is just one guitar played in real time so here we go okay. come together
1: The studio because i think that's that's fabulous you make it sound like you're multiple people but it's also your own style your own twist on that song and that's what i think makes you different but you also write your own music correct
7: i write songs uh i like to play tunes by other people i like to mess with arrangements and, and different grooves and ideas and uh yeah i like to write melodies as well um, you just you know use a stream of consciousness of whatever emotion you're feeling tied to whatever chord you might have stumbled across, and um, it, it, writing music is really. Uh, this is my opinion, but I, it's it's easier than what people uh, make it out to be. A lot of people, when you write something, people go, "Oh my God, you wrote a song! How's that even?" What folks don't realize is everybody possesses some sort of everybody exp- uh, possesses expression. And that's all it is. It's a type of expression. If you don't limit yourself, you can do a lot of things. There's a lot of really cool stuff you'd be surprised that you're capable of if you just allow it to happen. So what I do is I just have the stream of consciousness where I start playing stuff and I don't put any labels on it. uh, Some really, really experienced musicians and guitar players might analyze too much. You start playing chords and stuff, they'll go, well, that's that's a minor chord and a dominant chord there. They shouldn't be back-to-back or a G13, whatever, Eh, all the lingo stuff. Who cares? Play play something and if you feel something from it, you're done. You just did your thing. You did the thing you're supposed to do. Because you can analyze until the cows come home and you can analyze yourself into paralysis where you don't get anything done. Whereas when you get ready to play for people and you've written something, and you don't need to sit there and go, well, it needs to be played exactly this way. It needs to be played exactly a perfect, what? no, it's never gonna be perfect. It's gonna always be played differently. And that's, there's beauty in that. And the people that you're playing for, they're going to feel the expression. Just like when you sing, just like when we talk, the way we talk with inflection, it's all the same. And, uh, you know, it's it can be very inspiring to those people. And I like to give that perspective so it's not held on such a high pedestal because we all possess, you know, expression. And we put it in different vessels and shapes and forms of whether it be guitar playing, piano playing, uh, athletics. Uh, Whatever the case may be, that expression is there through uh, the emotions that we all have.
1: And that is so well said, because I come, I'm a musician, and I always thought when you write music, it, there's a format. There's, there's a chord structure. There's a progression. But you just take what you feel, and you put it into that song. So can you play a song for us that you wrote and tell us what it's called? Yeah, sure. Um, let
7: me see here. Let me see here. Here's a song I wrote called uh, It's called Green Armor. My favorite color has always been green. I just I love hunter green. I love the way I just like the way forests look. Uh, rich, dark greens. It's just my eyes always been drawn to that. Um, and uh, I was just walking around a neighborhood, and uh, it was just saturated with green colors. Just really deep, rich greens. And I was playing these chords. Again, stream of consciousness. I'm sitting there, just you know, walking with my guitar in the sunlight, and I'm looking at all this green. And I start playing this finger-picking pattern over these chords, and there you go. A song is born, and I just chose to hang on to it. Some would write something and go, oh, it's not good enough, it's not this, I'll let it go. But no, it has something tied to it. It has a thought tied to it. It has an emotion tied to it, so I kept it so uh here we go i call it green armor because i was just surrounded by all this green you know just kind of engulfed by it so here we go let's see here it's a little finger picky tune so i not really warmed up but i'll give it a shot
1: Amazingly beautiful and, and Thank you. yeah, the, the awesome. f- it's the f- yeah, everyone here is going, wow, because you have you have the feeling and one of the things I have to point out that I really like about you and mm-hmm. admire about you, you know, knowing you for a long time now, when you give a concert, you're approachable. You you're personable, you share with the audience, you know, about your yourself. But Absolutely. after after your concerts, you go out and you only take donations for mm-hmm. your music. But people actually get to meet you, right?
7: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because I, I don't know, I don't know, I, I, it might have something to do with where I'm from. Being from South Georgia, I mean, I grew up cropping tobacco, working on farms, working in welding shops, I mean, i doing a lot of blue collar stuff, you know, that's the label we've given it anyway. Um, I learned to work really hard for things, and anytime an opportunity came my way for anything, it could be the slightest, like a bar gig down the street, playing bass with a band, making 10 bucks. I viewed it. As an incredible stepping stone. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got a gig down the road at the Players Club playing uh, one and a half songs on bass guitar with this band that just gets ridiculously drunk and no one's going to care. But it didn't matter because my view of it was I'm getting to perform. And uh, I just had a grateful outlook on it. So anytime I get in front of any audience, anybody that's listening, like you guys right now, there's three of you in here listening, I view that the same as if I was playing for 3,000, 30,000, uh, 30. It doesn't matter. You guys are enjoying the experience and I'm grateful. And it's the same if it were 30,000 people. It, people want to make it more hyperbole driven with its big numbers. But if we're all feeling something now, then that's remarkable. That's a big deal to me. If you can make somebody, you make one person feel something at any moment with what you do, especially somebody you don't know, like I just met y'all, like that's a big deal for me. That's a big a huge thing. So I carry that kind of stuff with me when I get on stage and perform, because at the end of the day, I know that we're all just people. I don't let the uh, all the the shallow, superficial bullcrap like "Oh, I'm on the stage. Oh, y'all are out there." That's so stupid. No, we're all in a building together. There, there just happens to be seats and a stage, but we're all here. It's not anything profound. Let's enjoy what happens, though. Let's enjoy the experience. And. But, you know, hyperbole, is it's a thing. It's there, and it is a, a very powerful thing, perception, value, and all that stuff. But just the realism that I possess comes from my, you know, humble upbringing, I guess, and being thankful for any opportunity that comes my way. So when I get those opportunities on those big stages, I, I still treat it like I'm hanging out on the farm, cropping tobacco, you know, playing a guitar by a water cooler. I... I'll sit down on the edge of stage and play for people. Like, I'll run out in the audience and play for folks and sit next to them. And to them, it may seem like a really, really big deal because there's a lot of other people, you know. But to me, it's just like, hey, I'm playing a song. I'm playing a song for you. I'm playing a song for everybody. It's, I look at it all as one inclusive package and we're just having fun. Um, and the cool, there is a cool element to playing for someone at a big show because they do kind of feel special and, it's a moment you're giving somebody a moment they'll they will probably never forget i've done that a number of times where i've pulled people on stage and played them songs and uh my children that want to play guitar i've got them up on stage and uh you know i'll be in the middle of a song and i'll stop playing real quick and then i'll hold like a chord and let the kid strum and it's very motivating you got to think in that moment what you might do for that that person where it might not be a big deal to you because you know you do it all the time and it's your job or whatever to that kid or to whoever you're motivating and inspiring, you might set forth a whole path of something of paying it forward. So uh, these are just my outlooks on these things. I don't get caught up in all the the hyperbole. You know, watch out! I'm an inaccessible rock star guitar player, and no one can do what I can do. That to me is all silly. I think, like I said, to go back. We all ex- we all possess some sort of expression, some shape, form, or fashion, and it's just owning it and putting it out there. and I say this to everybody that will listen to this. Do not care what anybody says if that's trying to bring any sort of negativity to, to make you stop. That If that's happening, that's a good thing, and it means you're doing something right, so keep doing it. I can't stress that enough because a lot of people stop pursuing their loves or their dreams of something they have a genuine interest for because of one critique or two critiques, whereas a 1,000 people might love what you're doing, and if one person says, oh, don't stop, don't do that, Then you might go, okay, I guess I can't. No, forget that. You just do it because you live one time, life's not a rehearsal, and just get started. You know, do your thing.
1: I think you've left me humbled and speechless, which happens very rarely. Because what you said is so down to earth, and that's what I think is very different about you. And you know, in the comparison to a lot of celebrity rock stars, they're not even approachable. But you are very approachable, and and the fact that you're putting your own heart and spirit and soul into the songs that you mm-hmm. write is what makes it so different, you know. And mm-hmm. I've seen you play at Ruth Eckerd in front of thousands and thousands, and yet I've seen you play, you know, in people's houses, and and you're exactly the same mm-hmm. person in each one. There's no yeah, differentiation. It's, it's right. It's,
7: it's no different. Like I said, in the grand scheme, you got to. And I don't want to get all philosophical and and, and uh, cosmos on everybody, but I think about it in the grand scheme of things. Like, we're just, I'm not trying to discount what we are as, as a species or people, but in the grand scheme of this vast, incomprehensible universe, we're just this little dot, right? this little speck of dust floating in an orbit, luckily, and... In comparison to the largest star that's out there on record, Canis Majoris, we are smaller than that of a gnat's sneeze. So you got to think about when you really, th- anything that's making you feel like, um, yeah, I'm inaccessible. I'm a rock god. I'm this. I'm this. I'm a, you know, that is, that's coming from the mind and the ego. That's all that is. So I'm like, if we're here, let's, let's do things that are fun and let's do things that share it, positivity and make people feel awesomeness and just do that so that's why I'm able to look at playing a house concert for 10 people and a big theater for 5,000 on the same level because they are the same it's no different there's a whole massive universe out there and we're all just here right. all those things are the same to me and because the feeling is what matters so like I said it doesn't matter if it's 30,000 the feeling is what matters and if you're not tapping into that you know it doesn't mean you could be the best technical musician if you're not tapping in what you're supposed to be tapping into to touch people then you're not really you know you're not hitting close right. to home you
1: well can you can you before we close out can you give out your contact information and then i'd like you to take us out with a song of your choice and yeah thank sure you for being
7: uh, here, too. absolutely i mean my name's sean hopper s-h-a-u-n-h-o-p-p-e-r uh, and sometimes when I play background music gigs, I like to fake an Australian accent mm-hmm. and tell people my name is Jeffrey Lebowski because <laughs> my favorite movie is The Big Lebowski, and I'll tell or oh, Jackie Tregon, one of the characters from the movie there. So, uh, what tune to play? I could take it out on. How about I'll do a little medley of something. I'll just sure. make some stuff up. All right. How much time we got? Not
3: All right, let's do it. Yep. Mm-hmm.